What's up, everybody? This is episode 133 of the Cloudcast. I'm Burke, and as always, joined by Sean. Sean, what's going on? Well, it's been quite the interesting start to the season here. Um, felt like it was a really long summer, right? Yeah, it still feels like summer, kind of. I mean, it, it does, just especially, started to rain. <laughs> yeah, especially out here on the West Coast where it's been kind of like summer weather until literally last Friday when it took a, a absolute turn. Yeah, it's very, very weird weather. Um, but we've got but teams hitting the ice. We're five, you know, anywhere from four to seven games in, depending on the team. And uh, got some got some interesting trends early on in the season here. So I uh, want to start with one that is, is something you would expect like 10 years ago, but you wouldn't have <laughs> thought of it to be happening right now, and that's the Pittsburgh Penguins. So they're six games in. <laughs> They're 4-1-1, one, one, so they're top in the Metro. But um, they have 29 goals in six games. They're averaging just under five goals a game. So, like, I would expect that, you know, 2008, 2009. But here we, are, here we are in 2022, and we've got the Penguins averaging five goals a game. Yeah, and um, shortly behind them is Boston, too, like, so they're they're scoring a lot too. In six games, they've got twenty seven goals for, and that's um, impressive considering the depth that the loss of depth that they have and guys like Marshawn and McAvoy on on IR. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's been rolling, um, like just everything's going in basically, and. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, like, Gensel missed, like, the last couple games, I think. I don't know if he's playing tonight, but, um, like, Danton Heinen has been playing with Raquel with Crosby. Yeah, and I mean, Crosby's um, got 11 points. Heinen's got six points. Raquel's got four. Yeah. yeah, and, um, I think I haven't really watched a lot of the Penguins, but from what I've seen from, like, other responses online, is that, like, the addition of, like, Jan Ruda on their blue line has really helped and uh i don't know how petrie has has been doing have you been watching them at all i haven't been watching closely but just i have petrie in a fantasy league and he's basically back to petrie from two seasons ago when he was an absolute mm, peripheral monster <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. four points in six games he's making an impact on the score sheet he's you know he's averaging just over 20 minutes per game so he's taking off taking on a big role already and uh, you have to imagine a guy with his experience, with his motivation coming into a new environment and being, you know, happier. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably yeah, a, big, it, a, a good change for him, so. Yeah, I think it probably takes some of the pressure off of Latang, right, F to be, like, always be the guy. 100%. Um, especially because Petrie can kind of – Petrie can take some of the offensive load off of uh, Latang as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the Metro, uh, Pittsburgh and Carolina have the same record, but um, as you mentioned, um, Pittsburgh's just been a scoring machine. Um, but after them, it, it's kind of a surprise. Um, I don't know if you want to call it like a hot start, but it's definitely a surprising start, and that's Philly. You know, they're 4-2. Um, and and like What is this, the, who, the Tortorella who, effect? <laughs> <laughs> like who? I mean, is, are they going to go and win four of their first six games, and that's going to be all the games they win all season? Is that maybe how it's gonna work? <laughs> it it could be, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like they've they've been getting a lot out of like Kevin Hayes, um, but the I watched the game on Sunday, and it was the Sharks versus Flyers, and the Sharks actually won that game, um, but the Flyers had a goal that they scored in a power play. It got taken back, um, and then the Sharks ended up winning. But Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny were benched for the entire third, so the the Torts era has officially begun. Just benching like the best players on the team. Literally, Kevin Hayes, <laughs> Travis Konechny, top two in the team in points. Hayes with eight, Konechny with six. So good idea to bench them for an entire period when you're down. Yeah, and uh, you know they're having power plays, and you're not putting them out there. It's like, okay. Don't worry, this random Whatever. rookie no one's ever heard of will replace them just fine. Yeah. Um, still, though, I mean, like, it's surprising that they're um, they're they have a positive record. Uh, who would have thought? I mean, it's surprising they have a win. 
Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I was thinking about it because I know like we were like shit talking them a lot before the season began. But it would be like the most hockey thing ever if they were like in a playoff spot. <laughs> well, like, right. That's the, that's the, the thing. It's the it's that Tortorella effect where you're going to come in and everyone's going to be like on edge for the first year he's there as he gets a lot out of players from, you know, grinding, shot blocking and all that. And then, yeah. you know, next season they'll be trashed when everyone kind of clues in he's not actually going to do anything that the, the, the message loses its power or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so surprising there. Carolina is not a surprise. Um, you know, they're a good team. They should be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the Metro is looking a little little different than I think we anticipated. Um, yeah, the big but, one, I mean... Um, looking down at the bottom end of the metro the islanders and last you know you didn't we didn't think they'd be the most successful team this season but you know they're they're a they're a whole win behind columbus and new jersey <laughs> a whole win yeah one whole yeah i win. mean like that's how fast it can change right like yeah. we're so early like single digit game played here so yeah it's um you know and anything that we say now can obviously changed within a couple weeks it'll probably Um, change by the time we finish recording the episode (laughs) probably yeah um and then like the middle of the pack like washington the rangers even new jersey and columbus like it's like you know yeah they're kind of that was all interchangeable heading yeah interchangeable um but uh i guess we'll we'll stick kind of on our like hot starts like in the atlantic like we mentioned boston briefly um but um, yeah, it's been impressive considering the, the injuries that they do have. Like you know, some of their best players are out. Um, you know, two of their best players are out. Um, but uh, d- uh, David Krejci, like, looks like he didn't miss a beat. Like he's he's Turning he's back filling in really good. Um, and yeah, it's 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 been impressive. Um, I think the one kind of. I don't know what's the opposite of a silver lining like uh downfall caveat yeah is uh swayman hasn't looked great um in his uh couple performances but Olmark's looked really good but they've been riding Olmark a lot um but um you know swayman's obviously super young so he can he can bounce back and they've got a good tandem Elmar yeah. can carry the the load if he needs to, but yeah, it's good you know, that they have. To keep an eye on. <coughs> pardon me, it's good that they have the two goalies of approximately equal caliber. Like this is kind of what we expected last season, where like one of the two of them would be, you know, the one A one B type situation. And I mean, yeah, I think they struggled. I think Elmar struggled or wasn't really great last year, but now he's bounced back and he's doing well. So it works. It yeah. works out just fine. Yeah, as long as one of them's firing. No problem, but if if both of them kind of struggle at the same time, then you then you got an issue. Yeah, they might have to um, they might have to entice Sedano Chara back out of uh, retirement to come and fix <laughs> come and fix the defense and yeah. help the goalies out. Yeah, um, and then the other teams at the at the top are Florida, which is not surprising, um, but given their defensive situation, it might be to some people. More um, Ekblad is already on the IR. And uh, they already traded out Uyghur. Or and, has been um, restored in the universe. Yeah, so they've got, like, Lucas Carlson and Brandon Montour. Like, that was Montour back? He was hurt, yeah. too, for a bit. He's back, yeah. They were playing a five-forward power play for a bit. but um, I mean, that makes sense, given who they have on their team. <laughs> yeah. But um, their goal differential is only plus two. So it's like, you know, they're, they're winning. They're outscoring their they're problems? Or just, yeah. Um but Buffalo though is is cool to see them kind of at the top. I didn't know that they've started some s- previous years like really great in the first month and then it kind of peters out, but it does look like they've got a different team this season. Um you know like Alex Tuck is up there in the scoring race right now. Um you know Rasmus Dahlin has scored in like five straight games. That's like an NHL record for a defenseman. Um they're 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 look pretty good. Um, the one thing is like Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson as a tandem is like how long is that gonna last um, with with good numbers? But um, it is cool to see like different teams kind of at the top end of the division. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's you know it's it gets boring seeing the same teams do well every season. Like you said, Buffalo, this is a normal thing for them where they have a really good start to the season, and then by the end of November they're back at the bottom. Um, yeah. Signs are you know it's looking up for them here and there where they have these good starts that eventually one of them's going to stick. And I mean, I can't remember I can't remember goal differentials that they've had in past years, but this year they've got twenty two goals for and eleven against in five games. So like that's that's a promising sign. I know a lot of that, like you said, is on like Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie. I think who's been basically the starter, mm-hmm. um, playing really well. Career backup, who's kind of been jumping around organizations, tweening between AHL and NHL. Like how long is it going to last for him? A, a, a random hot streak. Who knows? But but hey, let's enjoy it while it lasts. I mean, well, it's it's nice seeing on the on the flip side. <laughs> Toronto and Tampa Bay at the bottom of the division again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I was thinking about um those two teams and how funny it is that they're they're at the bottom. Um you know, Tampa's is, won two in a row. So yeah. they're they're kinda climbing back out of the hole that they've dug themselves into. Yeah. But the the, the thing is, like the Atlantic division this year is an absolute thunderdome. Like the worst team, Montreal is is last in the division, tied with Tampa Bay actually. But they've got a yeah, 500, 500 points percentage. They're three and three. Like that'd be a playoff team in half the other divisions, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just a very competitive division early on, and uh, it's not really rem- it's not really representative of how bad the teams actually are to see them at the bottom. It's just there's a lot of good teams. Yeah, and the, and the like you mentioned Montreal, like they're no no one has expe- expectations of them making playoffs this season. Um, but they're fun to watch. They've got so many rookies, and the rookies are having a good time, and they've got Arbor Zhikai, Zhikai who is Jack, a yeah. great story, <laughs> and everyone loves him. Um, you know, and, and you got, like, Sapkowski, you've got Cole Caulfield. You know, it just seems like a good group, and, like, they're having fun with it, and there's, like, no pressure, um, which is cool. Um, but one team I did want to point out, and, you know, they're kind of in the middle of the pack here, but it's the Ottawa Senators, and they, you know, if you look at their record, you might not see them as having, like, a, a super hot start, but they're 4-2, and two, and they've won four in a row, and they've been scoring, like, crazy in the last few games. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they've, they've, they've looked goals. They've looked really good. Um, they beat, um, you know, Dallas, who is, you know, we'll get to them in a second when we talk about the Central, but they look good. They beat the wheels off Dallas. Um and that, that like the top six for them is just lights out, and then like the bottom six is is contributing like Mott, um, Pinto, and I think uh, Matthew Joseph line is just like buzzing and yeah, they're doing good. Yeah, I've been noticing that this week. I've got a Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson stack, or and Shane Pinto actually in one fantasy league. They were putting up so many points for me this last week, like they yeah. they absolutely gave me they they got me so much production and i've got the same batherson and someone else in in a different league and they're they're putting up you know points in every category per game it's just they they're they're on fire right now yeah the one thing is that all their wins are at home and this has kind of been a trend for them the last couple years is that on the road they suck and at home they do really well and which is weird because playing at home for them is like playing on the road (laughs) yeah um they've got to find a way to kind of you know get it going outside of their home rink and if they can do that and not start the year with like you know by u.s thanksgiving have a negative record i think they could they could really make a push for playoffs but like they've really the last few seasons they've just dug themselves into such a hole in the beginning of the season and when they start to kind of piece it together it's too late yeah so hopefully they can they can keep it going because um you know they're 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 my favorite canadian team and uh, I want them to to do well. And like you said, like Batherson and Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux, like they're 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 putting it together, and it's yeah. it's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean Batherson and Kachuk, Batherson and Kachuk are like top ten in scoring in the league right now. Yeah, and like Stutzla nope. is uh, Stutzla is the other guy that I have in a different league as well, and he's been he's been finally putting together like a solid offensive streak. He's kind of been really hit and miss, streaky the first couple seasons he's been in the league but this year he's been a bit more consistently productive offensively so 
It's good to see yeah. him finally and, um, start to put the package together. Tail end of their last game, Josh Norris got hurt um, in a weird play, and uh, I think he's gonna he put up, put on the IR, so he's out for a couple weeks at least. Yep. But um, Derek Broussard <laughs> took his spot in the top six as a center, and uh, I think he got a goal like immediately. Um, to be fair, so, he did that in Edmonton too, where he came in after the trade, got a goal immediately, and then we didn't hear his name again for a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's got a bit more of a positive reputation in Ottawa having been on the team before um, and part of that 2017 or whatever year it was where they went to the conference finals. Um, big game brass. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're fun to watch. And so, so are a lot of teams in this division, like with Toronto, you know, like Austin Matthews is in a bit of like a scoring, like a goal scoring slump. It's kind of one of the worst of his yeah. career. Well, the only goal he had, it like bounced off him like the tiniest bit, and then otherwise he's just got assists. <laughs> but um, you know, Toronto is still scoring. It's just they've got to find a way to not get scored on so much. <laughs> well, that's, and, yeah, that's um, exactly it. They've got 19 goals in four games, so they're averaging just under five goals a game too. But they've also given up 18, so that's tricky. And I mean. We, we trashed their goaltending tandem quite a bit, but I think Samsonov's actually been quite solid so far. Yeah. And you know what's annoying? Um, I know this has happened before with other players from Europe, but he's apparently requested that his name be Samsonov now. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And uh, when he was on the Caps, it was specifically... I remember when I first saw his name, I was like, oh, Samsonov. Well, right. And I was like, no, it's actually like Samsonov. Samsonov. And yeah. then it's like, oh... Now it's now it is Samsonov. So okay. it's like okay, well, good to know. <laughs> whatever. Um, but um, yeah, he, I think he's been playing good. Um, and it's I don't know, not not funny that Matt Murray is hurting on the IR already. But it's like we all kind of expected this <laughs> at some <Exactly>. point. <laughs> um, so it is what it is. But uh, Samsonov is uh, looking good. It's just you know they gotta. Gotta keep rolling, win some games here. Um, but in the uh, in the Central Division, um, some teams that are off to a good start are Dallas and uh, St. Louis. I think are kind of maybe a little bit surprising. St. Louis has a pretty small sample. I mean, all these teams have a small sample size, but Dallas has looked really good. They've been scoring a lot, and that's not a usual thing you say about Dallas. Um, exactly. Who's been who's been producing offensively for Dallas? Um, it's been Joe Pavelski, <laughs> um, Mason Marchment um, has been a really good addition to like the second line for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Holy crap, you know, I, Sagan I has six points in six games. Yeah, um, but I say that, and they they just lost like three to one to the Bruins. So, like they didn't score, <laughs> and I think their last game they didn't score. So they might be might be. I don't know, p- fizzling out a bit, but um, nevertheless, they've they've come out of the gate strong, and I don't know if people expected that. But it's um, really interesting because every single season, I'm like, oh yeah, Joe Pavelski is you know hitting the tail end of his career. He's going to trail off now, and then every single year he keeps putting up like these amazing seasons for him. Yeah, he had a hat trick, and it was uh, I think it was against Montreal, but. Um, yeah, I mean, like they've been they've been scoring a lot, and it's it's kind of fun to see them kind of be unleashed compared to like the Rick Bonus stifle any offensive creativity system. Like, um, you know, his his system is like keep it low scoring compared to Pete DeBoer, who's like YOLO go score, right? <laughs> so <laughs> YOLO um, DeBoer. Yeah. So something um, that's but really I mean, interesting like, here. I'm looking at the the player utilization for the stars. Tyler, or yeah, it's Tyler Sagan is the forward averaging the most ice time. He's only averaging sixteen fifty three per game. So they're they're really rolling all four lines in this team right now. Like usually there's a you know the top couple lines are you know seventeen eighteen twenty minutes, but they're not even hitting seventeen. So they're really splitting. Uh, they're really splitting the ice time amongst all four lines. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe that's part of, like, like Jamie Benn's on the third line. I think he's been playing with, like, Ty Delandria and Wyatt Johnson, who's um been a good uh, rookie. I think he's got, like, a few goals already. Yeah, Johnson's um, got two. I think he scored tonight, so he might have another one. But, um, but um, yeah, I mean, like, they've every every team's dream is to try to have three scoring lines, right? So um see how that works out um for them like i said i think maybe the last few games that they've been scoring a little bit slower but um surprising and I, I like the stars so i like watching them do well um but um you know st louis i think that game against edmonton was really kind of showcasing what the they're capable the of this yeah. season Honestly, they, they absolutely shut it down that game, and they show that they are still a very competitive team. And that uh, that combo, that Tarasenko and Thomas combo, I mean, Shen's on that line too, and he's been doing really well, but uh, that, that line, that combo is... They've really got this unique chemistry that kind of came out of nowhere last season, and it seems to be sticking, and it seems to be working well for them again this year, and it's, it's such a good line, such a good time to see Someone like Robert Thomas take off in his career and Tarasenko bounce back the way he has. So we'll kind of wait and see. Because I know we, we talked about Binnington last episode. We specifically talked about him maybe not being quite good enough to, to keep <laughs> the team going. But sure enough, he goes and shuts out the Oilers the first game he plays. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, take I'll that. Eat, I'll, I'll eat crow Sean. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he looked, he looked impressive. The Blues looked good. I mean... They've had a weird schedule where, like, they played, like, two games over the first, like, week and a half, and then they play, like, four. And then I think the next week they play two, and they play four again. So it's, like, a really weird, like, all-over-the-place schedule for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be hard to kind of keep anything, any sort of consistency in their game. Yeah. Um, but they have looked impressive so far. Um, and, and, and one team in this division who I think is underperforming, having a bit of a slow start, is Nashville, because <laughs> they seem to not be able to beat any team except for San Jose. Um, that is true, actually. <laughs> they won both those games in Europe against San Jose, and they've lost every game since. Yeah, they've lost five. <laughs> so they're 2-4-1. and one. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. They're, um, Looks like their offense is an issue. They've only scored 16 goals in seven games. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a good chunk of those came in those two games against San Jose. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched them a lot. Um, so I, I don't know what it is, but from what I have seen, it's like I've seen a lot of clips of like Yossi with like the worst defense ever. Yeah, Yossi actually, walked. that's a good point. He's been off to an awful start for someone of his caliber. I don't think he has a single point or he might have one assist in seven games because I, I i actually remember texting you when i was heading into a fantasy draft like hey you think yossi regresses this year because i want to take him in the second round took him and now he's absolutely regressing <laughs> and is not worth the he's second pick <laughs> i mean what i did say to you is i think their offense goes through yossi True. And I, so i think what i've said was technically the truth <laughs> Because they're losing and they're not scoring. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if he starts doing better, I think they'll start scoring more and they'll start Mm -hmm. winning. I mean, he has, he is one of the best offensive defensemen in the league. So, I think he'll, he will get it going, but he is off to a definite slow start. Um, I think Philip Forsberg is as well. Like, how many points does Forsberg have? Um, he has, uh, two goals, two assists, um, and he's minus five. <laughs> so I don't know. He's, he's contributing, but I don't know. They're definitely not looking how good I thought they would look. Well, you think they'd be um, about average? I th- I would think they'd be above Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it like that. <laughs> That's actually, honestly, out of this division, the only team that is, like, super surprising for me is the fact that Chicago is just sitting in the middle of the division right now. Three and two. 
from one of the worst rosters I have ever seen in my entire life with Patrick Kane, who very clearly does not give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, the only review uh, I have seen of Patrick Kane's first five games is that he does not give a shit about what's happening on the ice. He is so disconne- disconnected from what's happening. Yeah, I mean, there's like that clip. Point. There's that clip of him, like, yelling at Seth Jones on the power play when Seth Jones has, like, a brain fart, and he's, like, floating out of the zone. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he yells at him. Um, and sure enough, they're three and two. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. It's, I think they're um, winning. They're currently beating florida tonight as well actually wow uh, it's so weird though because like kane isn't doing anything either like he's not really contributing like it's like tyler johnson and like um what's that guy's name like i don't know it's just like Sam random lafferty. lafferty yeah lafferty and jason dickinson power play specialist <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> who actually doesn't have any points on the power play so i guess they're not utilizing him with his full talent <laughs> yeah it's um it's really weird, um, but you know they're three and two, so that can change pretty quick. But I mean, it Mrazik's is weird already. So and yeah, I was gonna say too that uh, Mrazik's on the IR, which he again, compared like, like Murray, it's like everything is as it should be. You know, like every all is right in the world of hockey when Matt Murray and Peter Mrazik are on the IR. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like every other team in here. I guess Minnesota's Minis- defense Minis- and goaltending is is surprising. Yeah, I mean, like Mark Andre Fleury is definitely off to a poor start, and I think that you know with their their team being so reliant upon like rookies or you know reclamation projects or whatever, like if their goaltending is not good, they're not going to win. Yeah, and that's the story. Like Fleury's been not great. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know they. Uh, they gambled on Flurry, traded out Talbot, and they gotta kind of figure it out now. Um, but man, they're uh, how much? How nice would it be to have like an extra fifteen thousand or fifteen million in, in cap compared to you know those penalties? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I want to jump ahead a bit, but um, Minnesota is almost like the same story as like Vancouver where it's like they bought out some guys who had like what like three years left or whatever on their contracts and Vancouver traded for OEL (laughs) and got rid of like Roussel, Beagle and Toffoli yeah Um, but yeah so they got rid of some bad contracts to get OEL and like who has an even worse contract for longer than all of the And it's even worse contract that's that's longer. And it's like yeah, if you didn't do that, you could have been able to bring in like some great pieces, you know. Don't and worry, like you watch they the game. The defense. They brought in Riley Stillman. You you like <laughs> you like watching the game and it's like you know, it's not any one player's fault what's happening in Vancouver, but cuz they're they're 0 5 and 2. Like they haven't they're they're the last team in the league to be winless Mm -hmm. and um you watch the game and like i was watching oel and it's like his transition game is just horrible like he's just like i don't know flat-footed or passing it into someone's skates (laughs) like just like making a really bad play and it's like okay this is something that anyone who had watched hockey for the last four seasons could have told jim benning before he spent two entire calendar years trying to trade for oliver ekman larson like, this is not a new or surprising trend. <laughs> yeah, it's like by the time you got him, Chikrin was already the guy to get in Arizona. Yeah. Could have probably gotten <laughs> got Chikrin the wrong for less guy. than they got. <laughs> yeah, All he's got a Larson. way better contract. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, um, you could have waited. Those all those deals would have expired, and you could still have gotten Chickered now. Yeah, um, and he wouldn't have had but six million or whatever they're paying Ekman Larson for the next five seasons. Yeah. It's um, it's bad. So anyway, I guess moving on to the Pacific Division, <laughs> the Canucks are definitely the off to a very to the, terrible, to terrible, terrible start. And like I said, I don't think it's any players one player's fault, but uh, it's it's also seven point two million, uh, for for OEL. Uh, there's, re- there's retained salary, I think. Uh, is there? 
I don't know how much though. Let's see. Uh, I don't know. I can't see it. Anyway, too much. <laughs> too much money. About four um, million too much. <laughs> Can you answer that? Um, I think our food got here. Um, yeah, it's um a pretty bad start for them. You know, their goal differential is minus twelve. It's not the uh, not the worst in the division. That belongs to the Anaheim Ducks, which is minus fourteen. Um, but man, they've been bad. Yeah, and it's it's up and down the lineup, complete and utter disappointment. Like, you know, they go and sign JT Miller to that long term extension. He goes and has that whatever like ninety hundred point season. He has been awful for most of most of the season. He had like one good game yesterday. Yeah, I think I think a like a, a lot of their players had their best game yesterday against Carolina, which is funny, like the, one of the best teams in the league. Um but they were it was like a it was a 1-1 game and then it went into the third period and then like they got scored on t two times in like less or in 37 seconds, I think. And um it was just like two like terrible defensive lapses. Like the first one was like Aho's goal and he was just like Demko saved it, but then it was just sitting there. Mm -hmm. Naho just popped it in. Um, so they were like right in that game. Then they got Miller got a second goal on a really weird play. Um, but they were in it. But Miller looked good. He looked like he was trying. He was playing better defensively. Um, oh, maybe he didn't just, need to change his game after all. I mean, I, I think he did though. Like he was playing better defensively. Like that's that that's the thing and um i think that they just got outmatched by a better team in that game which you would expect anyway like you oh wouldn't yeah, expect vancouver to beat them in a normal situation when vancouver wasn't you know winless but i don't know like, like I, I watched a few of their games and it's like there's only a few players that look like they're trying every single shift and i think you know one one of those players is is elias Pettersson. He actually has looked like he gives a shit every shift. Like he's playing, he's trying to, he's trying to be physical. He's trying to like block shots. He's trying to like poke pucks away. He's trying to get stuff going, like offensively. His line mates are just constantly being jumbled and like, I mean, like Nils Hoglander, I just don't think is good enough to play with Pedersen. And um, when he plays with Kuzmenko and um, Pod Colson, it just doesn't look like it's working very good. And you can tell that with like Pedersen having seven points, and then Kuzmenko, Pukolzin, and Hoaglander all having like two or one point. Yeah, that they they end up on those lines, they just don't end up producing. Yeah, and like you know, Pedersen gets some power play time with like you know Horvat and Miller and Hughes and. I, I mean, know, even at that, Pedersen's got two power play assists. That's it. Yeah, but his regular line mates just don't look like they're. Working very like, I don't know. You just watch it, and it's like Patterson makes a good play, and he like puts a perfect pass, <laughs> like to, to, to someone, and it just doesn't go in. And it's like if he had, if he was playing with somebody, mm. I don't know. But last game they they tried Miller on the wing. I think that really worked for them because he was playing with like Horvat and I don't know, maybe Mikheyev or something. But I think he might transition to just a full-time winger like if you're not good defensively you shouldn't play center like that's just you can't afford to not be in the right place yeah, as a center and they quite frankly the, they don't have the depth on the wings to roll three centers separately like Pedersen Horvat Miller no because like what's their wing situation Besser and in Mikheyev well and Besser is like constantly hurt yeah um he wasn't in the lineup um, last game, but I mean Quinn Hughes is also out for weeks now as well, so their defense just looks even worse. Which yeah. it was already one of the worst defensive cores in the league, and then they lose like the one bright spot, and now it's just an absolute disaster. However, I want to say it was Kyle Burrows has been impressive in in just you know his his role, his kind of like bottom bottom four defender. 
he's been quite solid so far, which is good to see that they've got somebody who's kind of stepping up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like, their current D lineup, like, this is what it was like last game. It was like OEL and Tyler Myers, who are really overpaid, um, like seven and six million each. And then it's like Jack Rathbone and Kyle Burrows. And Jack Rathbone is like sort of like a, a very poor man's Quinn Hughes, like the way he plays. But he really needs to get better at his like breakout plays and stuff. Like there's there's some like really bad giveaways that he had in the defensive zone. Um, and then they had Guillaume Brisebois, who has played one game the last like three seasons at the NHL. And Luke Shen. And all of those guys are under a million. Um, so, yeah, it is a hurting <laughs> decor yeah. for sure. And then uh, you kind of factor into, like, you've got mediocre D, and then Thatcher Demko isn't, hasn't had the greatest start to the season either. He's kind of been... Honestly, he's kind of ended up being a liability. There's a lot of stuff where the defense doesn't give him any, any help at all. You know, don't get me wrong on that, but... Demko himself hasn't made the the game-changing saves that he has in the past couple of seasons that have kind of helped the Canucks stay in games that they had no business being in. Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's always been the Canucks' MO, going back to, like, Markstrom, right? Like, they, they rely so heavily on their goalie to save, like, absolutely crazy, mm-hmm. like, scoring chances that that's how they've, they've won. But I don't know. I mean, like, they've... They've had a really bad start, but like they should should turn it around at some point. Like they're not going to go zero and eighty two, but um, honestly, I'm looking at the team, I'm looking at the roster, and it just reminds me so much of like the twenty ten to twenty fifteen Oilers, where <laughs> they've got like those handful of those handful of younger talented players. They've got a locker room divide and dysfunction between veterans and younger players. That something that was talked about last season, I think, still exists to this day. And they keep signing these random players, expecting them to be the savior. Like, and they 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 hype up these random free agent signings, like Kuzmenko. They're not going to come in and yeah. save the team. It's the same thing Edmonton had when they'd go and sign some random third liner or some random guy from Europe. They come over and they don't really impress because they're not good enough to do that on their own. And it's the same thing the Canucks are doing, where they keep getting these random people coming in, and it's like they're not going to save the team. Yeah. Yeah, and um, pretty much all of Boudreaux's, like, assistant ca- um, coaches, like, left in the offseason, too. Mm. Um, like, one of them went to go work with Torts, and I think one of them went back home to, like, Ontario. Um, so th- and they brought, like, Mike Yo <laughs> in. Oh, well, that explains assistant. everything, to be honest. And he's not great, so. Um, I didn't I didn't hear about that one, but that explains pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> So they really need like a new defensive coach, I think. Um, but I mean, like with that D line, like what what can you really do? Not a whole lot. Um, they can't play like. I mean, they're just waiting, I guess, for like Dermot and Hughes and I guess Poolman um, to to come back. But even then, it's it's pretty pretty soft blue line. Um, and uh, you look at their their forwards; they're not going to be like able to outscore many opponents, especially in the division that they're in. <laughs> yeah, so they've had a they've had a pretty rough start, and uh, jerseys are flying onto the ice, um, which is always stupid to see. But like I said, they'll they'll probably start scoring, and I I would assume that. They'll probably be in a, b- a bit of a battle with like San Jose <laughs> for like last place. Yeah, it'll by probably the looks be of things. San Jose, Seattle, and Vancouver for the bottom. Maybe Anaheim if they keep sucking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like any other teams that like have kind of surprised you in the Pacific? Um. Well, I mean, <laughs> Anaheim has been surprisingly a little bit disappointing to start the season. Um, you look like you meant you alluded to their goal differential being minus 14. They've scored 14 goals in six games, but they've given up 28, and they're one <laughs> four and one. So, 
that's a lot lower, a lot worse than we expected out of them. Kind of figured they'd be a mid-division team, have a few more points by now, have a slightly closer goal differential. But apparently they're off to a slow start. Yeah, and it's like they got pumped by, like, the Islanders. <laughs> like, 7 Of all teams. <laughs> like, their second game of the season, I think. And um, they also, like, lost 6-4 to the Rangers. They lost 5-1 to Detroit. So, like, a lot of their games are just blowouts. But then, like, you know, it's like they lost 2-1 to the, to the Bruins. And then, like, I don't know. It's just a weird. They're, they're a weird team. I mean, I didn't expect them to be a playoff team. But, yeah, it is it is concerning when, like, you're getting doubled up <laughs> in your goals for and goals against. 100%. That is, I mean... <laughs> It says enough. It's concerning enough when you get beat by the Islanders seven to one. <laughs> yeah, but when the, when uh, the trend continues past that game and they're getting like you said doubled up, like that's that's pretty bad because you're then looking at a season where you score two hundred and twenty five goals, but you're giving up four hundred and fifty. Like that's yeah, that's atrocious. Pretty bad. Um. So any other teams that have been surprising to you or should we move on to maybe some players that have been, you know, bright spots or maybe dim spots? Um, yeah, let's go talk about some players, some specific players here. Okay. Um, well, I know like oh. for like maybe a bit more negative stuff, we can't, we kind of mentioned like Marc-Andre Fleury, mm -hmm. Demko, um, some other players. Um, but the positives that are kind of surprising is like, Valerie Nachuchkin is kind of like living I up his to name his deal. Right here, eleven <laughs> so points in six games like that. That's pretty good. Um, Colorado's needed someone to step up in the void left with Nazem Kadri leaving and just the general depth issues that their forward core has. Valerie Nachuchkin. I mean, all of a sudden he's eleven points in six games. That's a good stretch. Like who knows if he keeps it up, but that's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think we mentioned like Ottawa's top six has just been rolling, um, but uh, Shane Pinto has looked mm -hmm. really good as well. Um, yeah, he's been he's scoring got, like, as well, which is five good. Five game goal streak or something like that, um, which is cool. Same with Rasmus Dahlin uh, yeah. as a defenseman, which is probably more impressive. Um, and then it is also really cool to see like Stamkos at the top of the goal um, leaderboard with, with Svechnikov. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then um, you've got um, Jesper, Bratt, Jesper Bratt as well. Nine points in six games for the Devils, who aren't doing amazing. But a lot of the Devils' struggles is on the goalies, to be honest. Um, yeah. But that's it's good to see someone out of that organization finally making a name on the scoreboard. Um, it's interesting to see Dominic Kubalik as well with, yeah. his, with his debut in, in Detroit. Eight points in five games. I've got this uh, Dylan Larkin... Dominic Kubelik and Lucas Raymond stack in one of my fantasy leagues, and I picked up Kubelik in like the last round as like a panic flyer pick because I didn't really know who to take there. He's actually been pretty good. He's getting points. I think he's getting chances on the power play. I think he's contributing quite well, and he's found he's hopefully finding a bit of a niche for him in in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, like it's kind of the same role he filled in Chicago, right? Was just a power play shooter. Yeah. And with uh, Bertuzzi being out, he's really been able to kind of capitalize on that. And Verana, um, mm -hmm. away from the team for personal reasons, he's been able to just kind of get that opportunity. And I've got um, I've got those three in a mixture of different pools. I've got, I think, Larkin in like one and Raymond in another. But um, Raymond has really kind of been on the flip side of that a bit disappointing so far but mm -hmm. i think it's just you know the classic like sophomore slump or and yeah, it's also he... like detroit's loaded up with options now he's not just the only guy that can shoot the puck so yeah he had a really good start first like the really good first half of last season and then by the midpoint by the end of the season he had really trailed off and he was kind of struggling he hadn't scored a whole lot so that's just kind of that trend continuing like could be sophomore slump like you said mm. um yeah and I, I've seen people saying that um, Moritz Sider is like a bit disappointing, but I think it's only if you're looking at stat lines. 
Like if you look at him actually playing, like he's playing really well defensively. Mm-hmm. It's just he's not putting the points up because Ronick is playing on the power play instead of him. And it's like, yeah, it's like he's a great defenseman. Like he's maybe he's getting less points, but he's still an effective player. Yeah, out there. Exactly. And Ronick was always only been like an offensive guy. So if he's rolling offensively, I think the team's happy. It's just people in fantasy might be <laughs> like kind of upset. Which you know is the least important thing ever. But um, <laughs> uh, uh, just before I forget, um, Marty Nietzsche has been um, impressive as well. I mean, My, like last yeah, year, I think team. he was really snake bitten mm-hmm. and uh, was really struggling to put points up. But this year, he's been really good. He's, I mean, like, what does he have? Like eight points in six um, games. Yeah, he's looked he's looked sharp. But he, yeah, because last season he got overtaken by Seth Jarvis over in the Hurricanes um, prospect pipeline or system or whatever. But so far this season, he's kind of taken back that spot. And I think he's found himself in a pretty good spot in the lineup. He's been contributing. Um, he's been playing really well, which is great. He's getting power play time. So they're, they're obviously liking what, they've see- what they're seeing. Yeah. Yeah, he's been good. Um. Someone Any else who's a players? bit of a good story is um, Gabe Velarde for the Los Angeles Kings, mm-hmm. who started out seven points in seven games, but it's really good to see him make the lineup because it was a bit of a question mark for the last couple of years because he's always been dealing with so many injuries. And I think one of the big injuries he had was a back injury, which like you never know how you're going to come back from one of those. So to see him get into the lineup and you know succeed so far is great. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting Calder Trophy race. There seems like there's so many really talented rookies this year. Like, you know, Shane Pinto's got, like, five goals and assists. He's got six points. Kalen Addison is, like, quarterbacking the Minnesota power play. He's already got six points. Um, Cole Perfetti in Winnipeg. Manny Beneers has looked like he's been playing, like, top center, basically, in Seattle. Um, J.J. Paterka surprising in buffalo um and then like mason mctavish ken johnson Wyatt johnson jake sanderson you know like there's there's a good crop of rookies this year i wonder who's who's your current bet for uh, calder for calder I Sorry, lean towards Beniers. I think he. Yeah. I think he's my favorite for the Calder. I think over the course of the full season, he's probably going to end up with the most points. Um, just and that's largely due to the the opportunity and the place in the lineup he gets, just because he's on Seattle. Like you said, he's playing. You think he's playing top line. He's probably going to be on the power play, get time on there. Like he's going to put up a lot of points just from that. Um, he was super hyped up even last season, and just his NHL readiness, especially at the end of the year. That there's a lot of a lot of hype around him as a complete player. Um, I think Mason McTavish, if the Ducks turn it around, I think Mason McTavish has a good chance just because he's been touted as like an all-around two-way forward, like he can do pretty much everything on the ice. That he might mm-hmm. by the course over the course of a full season let his whole skill set come out and uh, probably gain some favor with the voters. But that's kind of contingent on the Ducks turning it around and and McTavish himself getting much of an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I thought you were gonna maybe go off the board and go uh, Arbor Jackai, but um, that's that's fair. No, um, I'll I'll take Arbor Jackai in uh, any fantasy league because uh, <laughs> he's got all the ca- all the stat categories covered. But uh, I don't think he's gonna get much much Calder consideration. <laughs> I mean, Gooley might. Um, he's uh, already averaging like over twenty minutes a game for Montreal. Yeah, yeah he's um, been he's been sneakily impressive. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, there's so many I didn't think I forgot to mention him when we talked about Montreal, but um they've got so many rookies, so many young players, um lots to look out for and hopefully they don't um start getting their confidence crushed like as the season goes on and they start to lose to you know, teams that are starting to get their shit together. Um but um definitely some bright spots to keep an eye on. I just I just worry about um you know, I mean you kinda mentioned like the the dark age Oilers before, but like, I'm kind of worried. I'm always worried when a team has so many rookies that that happens again, where it's like, 
development just takes a back seat to like let's fill the lineup out and um hopefully that doesn't happen um hopefully i think it looks like montreal's leadership team has like their heads on straight so mm-hmm. i don't yeah think i mean the leadership like nick suzuki is captain he's pretty much still a barely out of prospect stage himself he's only he's like his third or fourth season and it seems like marty st louis is quite uh he's quite intelligent in his utilization of players and, and team composition and roster com- composition so it seems like he's not going to fall victim to the old to the old boys club ah we'll just sign this veteran and he'll fix everything and take all the time away from the young players and scratch them so they can well basically what's happening to shane wright where yeah. you know noted noted favorite of rookies dave haxtell is like scratching shane wright and not giving him any playing time he's getting like six minutes of ice time per game or something yeah, so it's like it's so beneficial to have him there when he's not yeah. playing, like not getting any better. It's like just send him to the minors, like exactly. And like maybe maybe that'll happen once he. I mean, like, what is it like? Ten yeah, games you get or your, whatever. Your nine game trial, I think, in the NHL, yeah. and then you can go down. Yeah, so some of these rookies might still be sent down. You know, we're still in single single digit games here, so you know guys like Slavkovsky and stuff might be getting sent down to like Laval. Um, but, um, we'll see, uh, but it could be an interesting race because, you know, a lot of these guys are putting up points and probably going to stick around in the lineup. Um, so yeah, um, it's been a, been a fun season so far. I mean, um, the Capitals, I mean, like just one more disappointing thing is Ovechkin has been kind of slow. Um, so maybe we're seeing age, but also maybe we're just seeing how shitty the supporting pieces are right now in Washington could be a um, could be a symptom of both i mean yeah the the lineup has taken a bit of a nosedive in the last couple seasons from its peak but you know Ovi's still good enough of a player on his own that he can kind of do that we might also be blinded a bit just because ovechkin is notoriously a hot starter i think right yeah like he's the type of player who in the first five games he'll have six or seven goals yeah. So for him to go and have only what three goals in six games, I mean, he's still scoring at a forty-goal pace. <laughs> yeah, only, yeah. <laughs> How disappointing! <laughs> he might slow down and be yeah. only a forty-goal clip. Yeah. So it's um, like it's slow, and I mean, I guess he's only scored in two games. He had two goals in one game, but I don't think there's anything to worry about for for that until we hit twenty games and he only has like seven goals or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's um. I think it's more of the supporting piece but yeah i know some people are starting to talk about it but it's yeah it's like he played like six games or whatever so whatever um but yeah it's um definitely entertaining so far and um it's the standings are just subject to massive amounts of change so i'm sure by the time we publish this you know that'll be totally flip-flopped but that's the best part of it all That wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way. For more content, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more Hockey Talk.